Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back. How are you doing this fine Monday? I am recording this coming to you, uh, not live, but coming to you after a weekend of coaching, knowledge, training, um, which actually has been, uh, it's been great. I um, am a real geek. I love to learn, as I've said before on the show. And I think um, sometimes we can get into a headspace of, I don't know, we can get into weird headspaces um, and we can kind of put off stuff that we enjoy or uh, we can get wrapped up in how we think we should be living, what we think we should be doing. Um, And I had an amazing conversation, uh, actually recording an interview on Friday with a friend, uh, which will come out a couple of months away, but so much fun. And we honestly spent at least half an hour first geeking out about loving to study and reading. And it's one of those things that that it's some people are like that, some people aren't. And I really enjoy learning. It's something that I love. I love to read. And that's cool. If you love to learn, if you don't, whatever, I think it's really important to kind of accept ourselves as we are. And so actually, this idea of spending a weekend training, yes, it's full on and it is emotionally, mentally quite draining. Um, But I love it because actually I'm really engaging my mind. I'm doing something I really enjoy. And so, yes, carving out some downtime around that is important. But I guess my my point in a really long-winded way is about doing the things that you enjoy and trying to let go of what other people might think about them or what you should be doing. And if it is something that you enjoy, that is meaningful to you, that isn't hurting anyone else, then giving yourself permission to do that thing. And for me this weekend, that has been learning. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I hope you've had a good weekend wherever you are. Um, I hope that you are doing well. And I want to say a massive, massive thank you again to our amazing guest last week. So Jay loved the conversation that we had and Neil as well on Wednesday. Uh, So two really interesting conversations. And Today and Wednesday, we've got two more really fab conversations for you. So today I'm joined by Lynn and Lynn really shares her personal story of a misdiagnosis, which we'll talk about, and moving to more kind of holistic uh, alternative uh, treatments as language. Uh, We talked about language quite a lot last week. Um, but it's sometimes it's difficult. It's like, what word do we use to describe something that just uh, isn't quite the mainstream? Um, so this is uh, Lynn's story. It's not about kind of bashing medical practice, um, and and I don't think that's how it comes across. But I think it's um, really that message of listening to yourself, and and I think sometimes people have really really different views and experiences 
of the health service wherever they live and we very much as we've we've said before and I like to reiterate we don't have a one-size-fits-all policy we are not kind of prescriptive we're not ever saying like this is absolutely the way things should be or are it's all about for me understanding where people are coming from understanding other people's experiences their perspectives and that can be a really useful lens for kind of looking at your own and going oh how what do I think about this thing or what do I believe and does that change it does that reinforce what I believe um it's one of the reasons I love the podcast and podcasting generally listening to other shows and hearing other perspectives I think it's it's about curiosity is one of my key values (laughs) my core values so really it's uh it's all about that for me but this isn't about saying that you should or shouldn't completely trust medical practitioners it is about tuning into yourself and, and I guess kind of trusting your instincts trusting your intuition trusting yourself and listening to that as well as other things um so I really hope that you enjoy this conversation I will be back super quickly at the end Hi, everyone, and I'm really happy to welcome Lynn to the podcast this week. So, Lynn, welcome. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, that would be fab. Yeah, happy to be here. So, my name is Lynn, and I am an energy medicine practitioner in the US. I work a lot with women, especially with a kind of a variety of health issues. So I work with a chronic illness, autoimmune disease, um, metabolism issues, uh, difficulty losing weight, hormonal imbalances, you name it. I I love working with healing trauma too, because I think that's a big part of lots of health issues and lots of disease. And I, I got really passionate about this just through kind of my own healing journey, my own experience of having disease in my body and realizing that there's not always a one size fits all approach to healing and that Western medicine sometimes doesn't have all of the answers for us. You know, I'm not really a big fan of just taking a pill and living with things. I think there's a lot more that we can do. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm so, uh, so glad to have you here and to hear more about your story. And so I'd love to dive into that uh, in just a moment, but um, I wanted to pick up on what you said about trauma and and healing from trauma and how that can sometimes have an impact in the body because that's something I've I've definitely heard and some of our listeners might have heard that idea and I wonder if that's something that you're able to speak about a little bit about how that how that works how trauma can kind of manifest in the body yeah definitely so you know we all have trauma even if it's not the the trauma that we think of as you know the big capital t trauma of you know somebody dying or you know being seriously ill we all, all have little things even that happen in our lives that are traumatic and basically my kind of view on it is that whatever we don't fully process and address and heal it kind of gets stored in our bodies and it actually they've they've done lots of studies that it can affect how our genes express as well. So I'm really fascinated by the field of epigenetics, which is just basically how our genes get turned on and off for expression. And trauma is one of the places that that can really show up for people. Um, So, you know, if you have unresolved trauma, I see a lot of people with some part of their past that has some trauma in it. And that's where kind of some of the seeds of chronic illness can come in. And so by healing the trauma, then we can allow the body to also not to have to hold that and to begin to shift and heal from what was going on in the past. 
And it's even fascinating too, just the other thing that's popping into my mind is that even our ancestors' trauma can inform kind of our health history. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have an ancestor who lived through something like a big, you know, global global shift or even just, you know, a huge personal trauma that can affect your health as well. And, and I love to help address that with clients and heal it. Yeah. I, I mean, I find epigenetics so interesting it's something I I taught psychology and saying that we kind of touched on a little bit but yeah I find it so fascinating and I think this idea of trauma kind of being passed down generations some people who are maybe more into the kind of spiritual healing side come sometimes talk about it but actually on a kind of epigenetic level you can inherit it and let's not go too far into the the kind of science because I would love to but we'll probably just lose some people yeah Yeah, like stop stop being a science geek because I absolutely am but I'd love to hear your story and hear how you got into um what you're doing now yeah so my story started in my mid-20s um I had gone to grad school straight from college and I was about three years into my graduate school program when I was scheduled for elective surgery one summer. So I was going to have a breast reduction. It wasn't one of those things where like something was really wrong. I just was choosing to have surgery and I didn't know that anything else was happening in my body. Went for the pre-op blood work and the night before the surgery, I got a phone call that was not the kind of phone call anybody wants to receive from a doctor. And he said, there's something that looks really off in your blood work. And he said, first of all, don't panic. You know, sometimes labs make mistakes. Let's send you back, run over there tonight. Let's run the labs again, make sure it's not a lab error. And I got a call probably about an hour later after they had run everything quickly. And he said, yeah, it's not a lab error. And he said, you know, just, we can't do this surgery. I need you to go see your primary doctor as soon as you can. So I was left in this moment of just hanging because I was like, what's going on? Like, you just told me something's wrong, but I have no clue what that really is. And that started basically a journey of two weeks in two different hospitals and two different cities and going through just a huge amount of diagnostic tests And at first it started out, you know, with me being perfectly healthy and getting a call from another doctor, a specialist after I had seen my primary doctor. And he said, you know, how are you feeling? And I'm like, well, other than freaked out because this doctor that I don't know is calling me, you know, (laughs) like that's kind of disconcerting as well. Um, I'm fine. And he said, okay, well, if you're still fine overnight, then stay home and come meet me at the hospital tomorrow. And you can imagine that was pretty upsetting. And, and at this point, sorry to, to jump in, but did you still not really know what, what it was there thinking? Yeah. So you just yeah. kind of, yeah. It's, you know, the only hint I got was he said, I'm a gastroenterologist and I'm like, okay, I know roughly what that is, you know, like, but I don't really have any symptoms I could relate to that. So I met him there and then, you know, went through all of these diagnostic tests and basically at the end of these several weeks and, and moving me to a different hospital, cause I was in a smaller town in California and they, they kind of had figured out at that point that I had clotted off the veins that drain my liver, which obviously is not a good thing. And um, they said, we've never really handled somebody with this particular type of issue before. We're going to send you to a major medical center in one of the big cities because they have experience with this, but then they had to figure out, you know, what caused that? Cause that doesn't just happen. People don't just clot off those veins. 
And so they did a bunch more diagnostic tests and got hematologists involved to figure out the issue. And in the end, the diagnosis was they, at that time, chronic myelogenous leukemia. And I still remember that that was definitely talk about trauma. You know, that was a very traumatic moment. The whole diagnostic process was pretty traumatic because there were lots of invasive procedures that I had to go through in that process. And I guess the the uncertainty as well leading up to it. But I think it's one of these things with with kind of hindsight thinking, well, what would what would have been worse for some say, oh, we think it might be this. And then right. that or just not knowing. I, I don't know. Do you look back and kind of go, oh, I wish I'd said maybe it's this? Or do you think, well, it would have been awful, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever happened. So yeah, I'm not sure what would have been better, you know, yeah. to to know, you know, of course, they don't like to, you know, speculate. They, I think they were telling me, you know, it's probably something with your blood, but we don't know exactly why, because, you know, this isn't a common thing that happens for people. So we, we need to like do all of these tests, like bone marrow biopsies, which I had to have several of them done in my, my process. And that's very painful um, mm. to go through as well. Yeah, and very, very invasive. And, and as you said, you were kind of feeling fine. Yes. In yourself and suddenly uh, all of this. And you said that that initially that was the, the diagnosis given. So are you able to talk a little bit yes. more about, about that? Yeah. 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 So I kind of went through an experience of being treated for that for three years and the, the big thing was I didn't have to go through chemotherapy and like that particular type of leukemia. At first, when I heard the word leukemia, I had a total freak out. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm going to have to go through chemotherapy and I don't want to do that. Um, I don't want to go through that process, but I, I was given a medication, an oral medication that I took and I took it for three years thinking that was what I had but I really didn't feel like I was improving at all. So, you know, I was taking that medication. It had lots of nasty side effects. I was nauseous a lot of the time because it, it basically was a little bit like chemotherapy in a pill um, without, you know, losing my hair or things like that. And my doctor kept running these labs and saying, you know, it looks like things are improving. And I would say, but why don't I feel better? And I had this doctor that was following me in the town I was living in at the time, and he didn't really take much time to listen to me. You know, he would always ask, how are you feeling? And I would say, I feel horrible because at one point I was like wasting away. I lost a ton of weight. People would come up to me and say like, don't lose any more weight. And I was like, this is not like, I, I'm not on a crazy diet. Like this is my body. I can't gain weight. I'm eating but nothing stays on me at this point. And just hearing all of those comments, you know, and then hearing this doctor, you know, saying to him, I don't, I don't feel well. And he would go, well, you look great. And I was like, I look great. How can you tell me I look great? I look like a skeleton, you know, ask, you know, any person on the street and they would say, she doesn't look healthy. And going through that process for those couple of years, and I kept asking for a referral to a different specialist and not getting one. And it was only when I actually left my graduate school program and got different insurance because in the US, you know, everything is very dictated by insurance and referrals. And I was on a student health plan. So that limited my options as well. Um, 
once I got out of that, I, I saw another specialist and I brought like a stack of medical records, probably about two inches thick to my first appointment. And he started flipping through it and he goes, I don't think you have chronic myelogenous leukemia. He said, I, I can't confirm that till, you know, we do a bunch more tests and, you know, I have to check, but I don't think you've ever had chronic myelogenous leukemia. I think it's always been something different. And how did, how did that feel? That, that conversation? <sighs> wow. That was, it was such a mix of emotions. You know, there was a lot of anger that I felt like I knew that for three years on some level and nobody listened, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to be heard through that experience. And then it was also a relief, you know, to finally have somebody look at the picture and listen to me and, and be present with what I was saying and reevaluate something instead of just saying, well, you know, this is the diagnosis you were given at this major medical center. It must be true. This must be what we should treat you for. Yeah. I guess it's that, you know, for, for doctors that advance that they have obviously the medical knowledge that we don't have, but we have that, that interaction with our body and that sense mm-hmm. actually there's something not right. And and I want you to listen to me tell you that. And, and I think it's, it's difficult sometimes because it could be that you get a a diagnosis like that and have that sort of denial of no, absolutely. I I can't accept that, that diagnosis. But I think if you're kind of feeling in your body, this isn't right, it's not working. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? That balance of, well, they've got the training, but I know this yeah, it's something that I, I became very passionate about, you know, helping encourage other people to speak up because I'm like, yes, they do have the medical training, but you're in your body 24 seven. And, you know, if you feel like something's not quite right and you're not being heard, then that's the time to keep, you know, being kind of the squeaky wheel and saying, I, I want a different opinion. I want a different doctor who listened to me. Yeah, I think also with even if if it had been the correct diagnosis with medication there's sometimes it can take a while to find the right one that works for your body so it is quite important to to do that piece of listening to yourself and right this this isn't improving the the situation Mm -hmm. or i'm feeling awful and kind of trusting yourself so thank you for kind of that reminder because i think that is really important for people to listen to yourself as well as considering the the medical advice but also as you did kind of seeking um, a second opinion and what, what happened after that, after you, you saw that doctor and, and they said, we, we don't think it's that. So we figured out it was a different type of blood disorder, something probably most people have never heard of called polycythemia vera. And I started getting the correct treatment and my body was responding much more positively. So I started to improve. Um, but in that interim time period, you know, I had already started to do some healing practices outside of Western medicine, because I was like, in these three years, nobody was helping me. So I was like, well, they keep saying, just take this medication, you know, do this thing, do that thing. And I basically had to go on kind of my own healing journey, my own process to resolve kind of what was going on for me, especially emotionally too. It was a tremendously difficult experience to go through the diagnosis. And then I had another big trauma the next year, which was losing my best friend very, very suddenly. Um, So I hadn't even recovered from my own trauma of the diagnosis. And then this other thing happened that just rocked my world apart. And, you know, that was when I started therapy and exploring also all sorts of other other things that were available to me that I didn't even know existed, you know? 
Yeah, it's there is a whole wide world, isn't <laughs> yes. there, out there of, of things. And I uh, doing the podcast, I'm starting to sort of hear about some of them because we have guests come on and and share. And obviously, um, you know, as you said at the beginning, it's not a one size fits all, and that's absolutely the kind of the message of the podcast. But I'd love to kind of hear, you know, what what you tried and what you found worked for you and that that journey mm-hmm. that, that you went on. Well, I definitely, therapy was very useful for me, um, especially in the initial, like about a year in, a year and a half in after my friend's death, then I sunk into this very, very dark depression. And I actually would say that I was suicidal at that time. And having a place where I could get the support and process that and, you know, just having somebody who could work through all of the things that were on my plate was very, very helpful. And then my therapist actually said, you should go to this yoga class. And I was like, yoga, you know, and she said, it's called yoga for healing. And I, my image of yoga, because my only exposure up to that point was I had seen it, people doing it in like gyms. And so I was like, but I'm sick. Like, I don't feel well, you know, you're telling me that I need to go to this yoga class. And I thought my body couldn't do that. And she said, no, you need to go to this class. It's very different. It's, it's not like what you think it's going to be. It's very gentle. And that was tremendously beneficial for me too, because it started to create a new relationship with my body. Like it was again, a container where I could be present with my body. I could move and breathe and I could find like little bits of comfort and ease in my body in a way that was like, that was kind of completely outside my experience up until that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I say I'm a yoga instructor, but it feels like not really the right thing to say because I got my qualification and I've not really done much with it, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But technically on paper, I'm <laughs> an instructor. Yes. And, and you know, it's it, there are so many different styles. And I think a lot of people, particularly, you know, maybe the UK and US, they kind of see the, the gym based kind of yoga. But at its core, it is about that kind of unity and that kind of connection yourself and it's one of the things that I love about it that feeling connected with yourself and and I would imagine through this whole process um you know you'd had that that kind of the three years of of treatment and um I don't know sort of where you were um how far into that journey at that point but I imagine feeling a real sense of maybe disconnection from your body and um where my body was kind of the enemy too. Like I felt like it had, you know, failed me or betrayed me. And so the, the yoga was the start of, you know, seeing my body in a different light, like, oh, maybe it didn't fail me. Maybe like I can develop a relationship with it. And then that kind of opened the door to a whole bunch of other things. You know, I started getting curious about acupuncture, um, energy work. So I experienced Reiki for the first time and had a tremendously powerful experience of that. And yeah, it just kind of became this whole, like, I became the explorer of all the alternative things that came across my path. And was that something that you've been open to before? Because I think some people are quite open to that kind of stuff. And 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 some people are a bit more kind of skeptical. Was it something that was kind of, you were curious about before? Or was it just because of the, the kind of situation? I think I hadn't really had exposure before. So where I grew up, I grew up in a smaller town in Idaho. And so that sort of stuff didn't really like, it just wasn't around me, you know, like I never would have heard of something called Reiki in my growing up years. And then living in California, it was probably, you know, more available, but I, I just 
was like outside my frame of reference, mm. you know, growing up the way I did, I wasn't like, oh, I should go see an acupuncturist, you know, and th- now I'm <laughs> like, I would rather go see an acupuncturist for certain things than jump right into taking a medication for it, because I think there's a lot of benefits to that system of addressing things. But, you know, it was completely new to me. And it it was kind of like Pandora's box got opened up. And then I was like, look at all these goodies in here. You know, there's like (laughs) yoga and meditation and, you know, like what else can I keep pulling out of this box and trying? And that ultimately led me to so many different things. Yeah. Is there anything that you tried that you were just like, nope, nope, not at all for me? (laughs) I can't really think anything that I tried that I was completely like, didn't you know, certain things resonated more, but there was nothing that I was kind of like, oh, no, not for me. (laughs) I kind of felt like I was, you know, the stones kind of got laid out in front of me. And I was like, oh, let's, you know, this thing is kind of pointing me in this direction. So I found an acupuncturist and I'll try that. And I was pretty consistent with it for a period. And, you know, I I happened, the Reiki was kind of this magical thing because I, um, was doing ballroom dance at the time. And I had this coaching with this woman and her husband happened to be this Reiki master healer among other things. And so I got connected and worked with him for a few sessions. It was just kind of like that fell into my lap and, and it was powerful. Yeah. Amazing. And so I'd love to know how you're doing now and and what you're doing now. Yeah. So my health is definitely much improved. Um, Polycythemia vera has a little bit of a genetic component to it. So it's not something, at least from the Western point of view, that will go away. I always hold the possibility that anything can heal because if we close that door, it's like, you know, then it can't happen. So I work towards healing and addressing it. And I've had tremendous benefits through kind of the healing systems that I use with body talk and body intuitive. Like my spleen used to be so enlarged. It was down to my pelvis, which is quite enlarged. And I still remember going to the doctor probably about six or seven years ago. And she was, you know, feeling to feel how enlarged it was. And she was like, it shrunk. It's almost back where it should be. (laughs) And, you know, she couldn't figure out from her perspective how that had happened because she had been pushing a medication that was a newer medication. And I said, no, I don't want to try that. I, I just feel like that's not the right thing for me. And so she had no, nothing to explain that with. And uh, I could explain it from the work that I was doing with one of my teachers to address the deeper healing that needed to happen. Yeah, that's amazing when they, I guess, from the medical professionals that, well, they wouldn't expect that to happen if you're not having the, you know, the, the treatment that they recommend and then for it to happen, I guess it shows that the possibility of, like you said, being open to that healing and other modalities. And I think some of them, I think sometimes we think of things like, mm-hmm. you know, acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine. And we kind of think they're like these new fancy things and they're not. <laughs> no, they've been around for thousands of years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I kind of think something that has that kind of longevity is there's something, isn't there? That, that, yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, on a completely different note, like I, I actually had, acupuncture before I had a dental procedure because I had a problem and they they couldn't do um kind of a numbing mm-hmm. like my jaw locked up and the dentist was like okay we can't do the procedure today we're gonna have to try and fill your tooth without and I was like oh my god that's gonna hurt and I talked to my acupuncturist and he's like oh just come in for a treatment before and I was like oh okay I don't know if it's really gonna help mm-hmm. but 
I'm willing to, you know, <laughs> do this. Yeah. I didn't feel any pain. Amazing. I, like he drilled my tooth and I was like, I, I don't feel nothing. It just felt like I had had anesthesia, but without the horrible numbing in my mouth. So yeah, I've tried acupuncture just once and it was, I, I was having really bad vertigo, like mm-hmm. so bad. And, and I'd been to the doctor, they weren't quite sure what it was and they tried different things. And I went and had acupuncture and it just, just went, <laughs> it <was> quite, <laughs> yeah, quite amazing. Uh, he did put a lot of needles in my head, <laughs> so many, but um, yeah, it was like, my, my, I, I definitely would try it again. I think if I had something that was sort of, um, but I guess that's that, you know, that's the kind of thing that we talk about on, on the show is about trying things for yourself and it, right. And, and seeing, seeing what happens. Exactly. Yeah. I always think just being curious, you know, I mean, people sometimes reach out and they're like, I don't know if this, you know, will help me. And I'm like, I can't promise what I do, you know, will help every single person because everyone responds differently. Things resonate differently, but I can tell you, you know, I've seen people heal tremendously from things that obviously from a certain perspective, a doctor would say, Oh, that that's not going to happen. It's like, yeah, it can happen. We can heal. Yeah. And then, so I would love to hear about Heartfire Healing and about your podcast as well. Yeah, definitely. So kind of through this path that I went on with all these different modalities, and I also studied and, and taught yoga for a while, but I kind of have settled in the realm of energy medicine. And I work primarily with two related systems. So one is called Body Talk and the other one's called Body Intuitive. And it's really a East meets West healing. So there's a lot of flavor of Chinese medicine and working with that. Um, but one of my teachers is also a PhD scientist who worked who worked on the Human Genome Project, and now this is what she does. So it's it's super powerful at unpacking the story behind the symptoms. It's it's like our bodies are talking to us through the symptoms that we have. And if we start to understand like what the message is, that's, I think, where the magic happens in our healing. I always say our bodies don't have words to talk to us. They only have the language of pain and sensations and, you know, things like symptoms, but those things aren't just meaningless. We can often think, oh, it's just an annoying headache. And that's like, well, why is the headache there? What, what's happening? Getting curious about that and then unpacking that. And that's what the work really helps do because sometimes we can figure that out for ourselves. Sometimes simple and it's like, oh, I have a headache because I'm dehydrated today. I didn't drink any water. And, you know, bingo, you don't need to come see me for a session. But sometimes with bigger things, it's like, well, what is the bigger story? Maybe there's a big trauma that you don't even kind of consciously remember from your past. And we need to see that and heal it and address it so that the body doesn't have to hold it. Yeah, that's amazing. And I definitely, uh, as you're talking, people can't see, I've been sort of on mute kind of coughing in the background and my asthma is kind of aggravated <laughs> at the moment. And there's a couple of things like the weather's changing and whatever, but there definitely right. is a kind of stress-based trigger. For, for my asthma mm-hmm. and a, a kind of couple of other things I've sort of noticed the pattern but sometimes I just don't listen to my body <laughs> don't sleep enough and then <laughs> hey my asthma wheezy cough comes back and it's like for me right obviously my body going hey <laughs> there's something there's something going on yes. so yeah I think headaches the the kind of stomach I don't know are there other kind of common areas where people might have something that's like that initial warning sign that they're not 
Yeah. I mean, I think our bodies show it up in different places, but those, you kind of name some of the common, you know, things like, you know, digestive issues or weird aches and pains in a place that you're like, well, I didn't hurt myself. I, that, what brought me to body talk was actually pain in my left knee. And it wasn't from an injury in any form. You know, I didn't fall. I wasn't in an accident. It was just like this pain one day that I woke up with that lasted for months and months and nothing would address it because I didn't understand that it was, there was a trauma that it represented. And as soon as I saw that and cleared the trauma, I was like, oh, okay, pain gone. <laughs> and, and is it really as kind of, it sounds kind of like, oh, there's, there's a trauma and now suddenly the body's better. Is it that quick or is it? A more gradual? It certainly can be. So I, I would say things that are more chronic illness, usually I, I you know, want people to understand there's mm. usually layers to it. I mean, anything's possible. Obviously, somebody could have one session and like something could really shift and they would feel 10 times better. Um, in the case of something like my knee, where it wasn't, you know, this long term thing, it actually did go away in one session. Like I went from this pain that was becoming like debilitating to a, a point and I couldn't figure out why to getting up off the person's table that I had seen and being like no pain, mm-hmm. just gone. And I, my, that was, my mind was blown by that. Yeah. I was like, what did, what happened here in this session? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes people say that they're like, this is kind of like magic. <laughs> and, you know, cause you know, our conscious mind doesn't always understand all that just happened. Yeah. And yet, you know, it's like we go in and we clean out the crap in our closet and it's like, it's better. Our body doesn't have to keep waving the flag of like, you didn't pay attention to this thing that happened. And, you know, now it's, it's gone. And so for anyone who's listening, who is maybe thinking that um, they're, they're interested in exploring this or that they've got something that they're kind of like, Oh, maybe that's a sign of something deeper. Is there something that people can do? just to kind of get started by themselves that can start the healing. Yeah. Kind of one of my favorite things to teach people is, you know, first just taking a few moments to get quiet, get centered, just like you would if you were going to like meditate, you Mm -hmm. know, so take some deep breaths, be in a place where nobody's going to bug you for a few minutes. And then once you're kind of in that space, just asking a couple of questions of your body. So the questions I like to start with, and you can always add to the questions after you kind of tried the first two um, is what does this area of my body want me to know? And, you know, just being quiet and patient, because if you've never done something like this before, you may sit there and be like crickets, you know, (laughs) and you may get frustrated and your body may need a little encouragement. So you may ask that a few times. If you don't get anything the first time, it doesn't necessarily mean nothing's going to come through. You may have to do it a few times. And then the second question I often like to ask is like, does it need anything? Does this area need anything from me? And sometimes that can, again, be just those simple things like stop sitting so much at your desk and get up and and exercise a little bit, move your body, you know, drink some water, get some extra sleep tonight. It can be little things that our body is just like, hey, you're just not paying attention. You're you're too busy with your to-do list and, you know, all the things that you want to accomplish. I feel like even talking to my body because I'm about to say all of those things. <laughs> but I am, um, when I've um, tried, uh, and I definitely put myself more at the moment on like the skeptical side, you know, I'm very, I like science and, and, and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So with more kind of um, spiritual or kind of 
I don't, I don't know what the right word is for them, but for alternative, maybe I'm a bit more kind of skeptical. And, and so with that kind of thing, sometimes, and, and, and I'm sure this is something that maybe some of the listeners have kind of had as well, when you're talking to your body and if something pops into your head, you're like, well, is that, is that just me? <laughs> Did I just kind of make that up? Is there a way that it, that it, you, you know, it's your body talking or is that how it works? It just something pops into your head and that's it. Usually in my experience, the thing that pops in is usually the thing. And then we get into the analyzing and the the story of it. It's like, oh, it couldn't be that. I'm making it up or I don't know how to do this right because it's not a skill that we've ever really practiced for most of us. You know, we're just used to kind of cruising through life and, and never t- giving our body a moment to be like, oh, hey, I'd like to share this message with you. So, you know, the more you do it too, I think the more comfortable and confident you get with that as a practice. Like the first few times it's like, this is kind of weird. Like (laughs) I'm sitting here and I'm asking my body a question and, you know, it's, it'll communicate in different ways. That's the other thing that's helpful to know is that our, it's basically your intuition talking to you and our intuition communicates through different senses that are more dominant. So some people may hear like a word in their head that that's one of the ways my intuition is strongest as I tend to hear words. Some people may see a picture, you know, you may see a big tall glass of water and be like, Oh, I need some water to drink. You may just have a sense like a knowing, like there's just kind of that inner knowing of like, Oh yeah, that's the thing. So, you know, or you could even taste something. It's like, oh, I need to eat that food that has this particular nutrient that I'm missing. So all of a sudden you're like craving eating an apple or, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I guess just being being curious. And even if it is that like a word pops into your head, and like, oh, is it is it just me coming up with it? Being curious and like, well, maybe I'll try that. Maybe right. I'll consider. And it could just be you or it could be the, the intuition, but rather than yes. I guess, like shutting it down. Yeah. And your intuition, you know, the more you kind of work with it, the more it gets kind of stronger and more you get more comfortable with it. So the first few times you you may be like, I don't know, like, is it really that thing? And like you said, you try it and maybe it helps. And then that kind of kind of reinforces for you that, oh, yeah, that is the thing that maybe I need. And the next time you do it, you know, you may have a little less Mm -hmm. doubt of what pops in your head. Yeah. Awesome. Before we move on to my set questions, I'd love uh, to know if you have a final thought on healing, intuition, anything really that we've talked about. <laughs> um, I think for me, just understanding that anything from my perspective is possible. Like if we, our thoughts are powerful. I'm a big fan of the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. And, you know, so if we believe I'm never going to get better, I'm never going to heal that's going to help create that as our reality. If we stay open, you know, again, it's not a guarantee that something is going to go away and heal, but if we stay open to that possibility, then that's where the magic really lies because we're, we're leaving that door open of, I can heal this, you know, even if a doctor says you're not going to heal it, I've seen some pretty incredible things of people taking 20 medications and going down to almost none and feeling better. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, all my set questions I ask everyone. Sure. And yeah, my first one is what brings you joy in your life? Um, first thing that pops in my head is we have two animals. So we have a yellow lab named Chico and we have a cat named <laughs> Cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> 
we were first going to name the dog Churro and, and it was going to be Churro and Cannoli, but we decided he was a Chico. So, (laughs) (laughs) so they definitely, the two of them, especially when they interact is a a tremendous source of joy because they, they're, he's huge. She's tiny and they're like best friends. It's cute. Mm. Animals are amazing. They are. My my dog's just uh, vegging out on the sofa downstairs. Nice. (laughs) very lazy <laughs> um, yep sometimes they sleep and you're like what did you do today why are you so tired <laughs> yeah yeah do you know with the whole um we've sort of been in lockdown so I've been working from home and I knew he slept a lot but he sleeps a lot yes, <laughs> like, he really, yes. He, and he gets really grouchy like <laughs> when we're around too much he's like yeah it's nice you're here but get off the sofa because I want to be sleeping here Look, <laughs> it's not my routine you're um, in my way <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh they're so fun and we could talk about animals um all day probably um but yeah so my second question and this is always interesting because sometimes it's similar sometimes it's not uh, is what makes life meaningful for you I think the biggest thing is kind of helping people making a difference I I really love the work that I do it definitely feels like in a way it's like healing for me to support others and you know I really believe that we are our own inner healer so it's not like I'm like healing someone I'm just facilitating that process and I I love doing that yeah amazing and then my my next two questions are around the kind of overarching topic of the of the podcast Uh, So the first one is what does mental wellness mean to you? Um, Mental wellness, I think would be, you know, being able to flow with the things that happen in our lives and whether that's that we need support around that. I mean, I think 2020 has been a huge example of mental challenge for a lot of people and the things that we need to do to get support for ourselves. So, you know, even if, even if you have to reach out, I know one of the things that I always like to say is I've taken antidepressants and I don't think there's anything you know wrong with that. And I think that's important for people to understand that some people have chemical imbalances and wellness comes in many forms. So wellness is just being able to be resilient and, and roll with those challenges and get the support where you need it. Thank you. And then the, the follow-up is always um, what you do to maintain your own mental well-being. Uh, lots of different things. Um, meditation is definitely one. I like to try and start my day when I'm good and consistent with that. Exercise has definitely been one because the mind and the body are interconnected. Um, feeling my feelings is definitely a big thing too. And I think a lot of times we're, we kind of are conditioned to not make time to feel our feelings. Um, and that's important for both physical and mental health. So I could go on and on, but those are some of the top things that come to mind. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you say about exercise because it's something I've talked about on the podcast. And actually I listened back to an in- the first ever interview I did on someone else's show came out this week. <laughs> and I sort of said about exercise and it's one of those ones when I was like, right, I need to put some exercise in my routine. Cause I'd search like what helps depression. And I was like, no, I'm going to do something about it. And what always comes up exercise and I was like oh, so boring. I don't want to <laughs> yeah you're like oh do I have to and I was like fine fine it I'll try help. it and guess what yeah 
Yeah, I've I've gotten to the point where it's yeah. like if I don't, you know, like it also is a great stress reducer too, which you know, stress and mental health go hand in hand. Yeah. This year, if I don't, like most mm-hmm. days, get some form of exercise, I can feel the difference in just my mood and my ability to handle mm-hmm. stress. So it's definitely a good thing. And I think you know we have some preconceptions about exercise has to be boring and not fun and finding ways to make it enjoyable is also helpful (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely so my next question uh, sometimes a challenge for people so we'll see okay uh, is can you describe your mindset um I think you know trying to be uh, intentional is definitely one way I would describe mindset you know not just kind of letting your thoughts run here and there and let your thoughts kind of live your life for you it's easy to fall into that trap for sure <laughs> but trying to rein that in and just be intentional with you know like what am i trying to do with my life what am i trying to create where's my focus and go going because of course what we focus on we put a lot of energy into that. So it's like, if you're focusing on all of the negatives and again, 2020 has been a great year to experience. There's lots of negatives to focus on. Can I focus on something more positive moving forward? Yeah. Thank you. And then this is my favorite, my favorite question probably to ask um, because I'm nosy really. And uh, <laughs> um, basically, um, but I think sometimes it can be really difficult if you're kind of feeling a bit stuck to sort of think of things to try. And so I always ask guests that come on to give us a couple of top tips of things that they'd recommend that we can try. And as we've said, you can kind of try them out for yourself. So do you have one to three top Mm -hmm. tips that you'd recommend that we try? Yeah, definitely. Um, Some of the things that I like to do are, you know, checking out like meditation apps, because sometimes if we're, we're trying to learn to meditate, we can find it intimidating. So like, I love insight timer, because there's like, I don't know how many, like thousands of free meditations. And if you don't like one, you know, you didn't pay anything for it. So you can just stop it and (laughs) find a different one if the person's voice is irritating or, you know, whatever. I have a few meditations on there that you can look for as well, but there's tons of people. Um, I think it's helpful to you to, to make a list of the things that are your go-to. This is one of the things I've been working with clients on lately um, is like having a short list so that when you're feeling like, eh, I need something, but you, maybe you don't have the mental space to figure that out. You can kind of look at it like it's a little order menu, you know? So it's like, oh, would, you know, smelling an essential oil be helpful? Would going for a walk be helpful? Even things that we don't necessarily think of as, you know, traditional self-care, but just things that are calming, getting in the bath and, you know, relaxing there, going out and looking at nature in your backyard or for a little walk around your neighborhood. So that's, it's great to have just things that we don't have to think of. And there's multiple things in that list that I just listed. So just making your own list. (laughs) Yeah. And I I love that idea because I think sometimes when you're in it, whatever, whatever it is you're feeling and when you're feeling that stuck or needing something, like you said, you don't necessarily have that, that mental space to be able to problem solve and to kind of think, well, what, what can I do? <laughs> so it's kind of something that you do the thinking about it when you're feeling good. Okay, yeah. So that you have it 
when you need it and I guess that's kind of what this question is about to give people ideas yeah putting on their list yeah definitely you know and just kind of you can keep growing your list right because you think of something one day you're like oh that would be a great thing to add to my list and you can even have it you know a couple copies of that list in different places where you tend to spend your time you know so if you sit at a desk a lot and you have a copy there and be like oh I'm just really struggling today what is it that I need right now one by your bed maybe I'd love to know what one of your favorite things on your list is (laughs) I think lately a lot of things with Mm -hmm. scent have been really helpful for me so I I like essential oils um they resonate for me a lot so you know just finding sometimes a bottle even just to smell the bottle or put a little bit on my wrists and that just sometimes shifts your mood pretty quickly because of how you know our brain is wired to work with the sense of smell awesome I this afternoon I had a bit of a kind of energy (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to put a song on and I'm going to have a little kitchen dance party just for one nice. song. And, um, yeah, so sometimes it's that it's like, what, three, four minutes, but have a little dance and that often boosts my mood and I, I felt better afterwards. It was like yes. kind of, yeah, and I think maybe that's like something for the list. You might have things like the essential oils or something that's like a short, quick thing. And then things like the walk or a bath or something that's, that takes slightly longer. Right. Because, you know, if you're in the middle of your day, you might, might not get in the bath. Yeah, you might <laughs> not. You might it. be like, I got to get stuff done. I can't go take a half hour bath. <laughs> well, I normally, I'm normally like an evening bath person. But right. a couple of times, like on a Sunday, I've been like Sunday afternoon, I've gone, I'm going to have a bath because I can. <laughs> right. It sounds good. It feels like it appeals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But might not always be <laughs> like, sorry, I can't come to that important meeting because I'm going to have a bath. <laughs> can I join with my camera off (laughs) from the bathtub (laughs) what's that noise (laughs) just splashing around Um, (laughs) oh oh funny and laughter laughter is another great thing isn't it yes absolutely yeah even you know having a couple comedians or whatever that you really like you know Mm -hmm. that you know you can go to for even just like you know again the short little clip of like oh this always makes me laugh or funny cat videos do it for me too absolutely (laughs) absolutely and then my uh, my final final question is where people can connect with you so if they're interested in working with you or finding out more about what you do or your podcast where can they find all of that yeah, my website is probably the best place and it is heartfirehealingllc.com. And you can find out about the podcast there too. I didn't mention a whole lot, but my podcast is called Unleash Your Healing Potential. And I've been on a little hiatus, but hoping to resume here um, in the next few weeks. Yeah, I feel it's quite cyclical, isn't it? It's quite, sometimes you're like, yes, podcasting. And sometimes you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I kind of hit the wall in the summer and, you know, just we had some stuff going on just in our personal life with uh, with some loss of family members. And I was like, I just don't have the bandwidth that I'm going to be OK with putting it on a little bit of a pause. Yeah, yeah awesome. And we're absolutely linking the show notes uh, to your website so people can find you from there. Oh, Lynn, I've awesome. had so much fun <laughs> talking to I you. did too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been lovely. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story and, and the amazing uh, tips. And I've had a lot of laughter and fun there. So I hope everyone listening has enjoyed it as well. Me too. (laughs) 
So thanks again to Lynn for joining me and I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope that you did as well. It's something uh, whenever I listen back, I always reflect on what I'm doing for myself and how I'm listening to myself. And I mentioned about my aesthetic wigs, which currently isn't really here, which is good. Um, but stress definitely a component also nutrition, um, you know, and I, I know for myself, my personal things to work on always are hydration, sleep, very balance, um, all that kind of stuff. And um, as I've kind of shared recently, I've I've been making that effort to to nurture myself. And I uh, had a bit of a funk this week, to be honest. I felt a bit rebellious. Um, I haven't been as mindful and um, what's the word? <laughs> I don't want to say good because. I don't I don't really like to have those values around food, but I maybe haven't made the most nurturing, nutritious choices. Basically, I've been in a bit of a ugh, junk food uh, kind of mode, not as much as I would previously have been, but I've definitely been in that sort of headspace this week. And some of the things that I had been doing had kind of dropped off. Um, apart from my yoga, that has become an, a non-negotiable. And actually, that's I guess that's a real positive and progress whereas maybe before if I was having a bit of a funk everything would go and then it's uh it spirals and you're like ugh, um why do I feel really crummy but actually some of those things this week have gone but that yoga is something that I've really been holding on to that that is how I want to start my day I don't want to drop that I've been doing every morning since the beginning of January I don't want to stop doing that so it's something I've been doing um consistently and that's a real positive because it wasn't everything and I'm currently listening to my little uh, book share currently listening to the upward spiral and this is a book that was recommended by a guest I'm sorry I cannot remember who um but we were talking about depression and this idea that depression is a downward spiral that some of those blocks disappear and then you suddenly you're in that spiral and it's really difficult to get yourself out of it but that actually we can put these building blocks the other way and it's like an upward spiral out of it um and so that's kind of our well-being and promoting well-being and I've definitely been in downward spirals and I guess this week had the potential to be that and it hasn't gone that far because some of those things are still in place but some of them have dropped off so I'm more static I guess so I suppose for this week that's going to be my personal focus of thinking what are those other things I can put in place for that upward spiral to um, start again and you can't see me but I'm miming like stairs with my hands or something (laughs) but that's that's me that's my takeaway of listening to myself Um, and for me often it is in the mental space that I find I am become most aware of kind of having slipped. There's probably other physical stuff going on as well, but that seems to be my my area. So that's my takeaway. I'd love to know what you are taking away from this conversation. So please do tag us in your stories on Instagram. Let us know what you are taking away from this. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review and share it. It really means a lot and helps us to reach more people Um, and that's what we're all about kind of having that impact and trying to help people just kind of feel better about themselves and their life and you know everything (laughs) that's going on at the moment and to be that kind of 
uplifting uh, little check-in if you like so if you know someone who you think will would enjoy what we've been talking about today would enjoy the show please do share it that's everything I hope you have a good couple of days I'll be back on Wednesday in the meantime be kind to yourself take care of yourself and I'll speak to you soon bye for now